Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest this morning, Joanna Charnas. Joanna has a lot of qualifications for her work as a social worker and a licensed psychotherapist, and I feel perhaps the strongest is her attitude and personality. You'll hear that as we meet her in just a moment. Joanna deals with a chronic illness, and it's the focus of her two books. But at the base of it, her attitude and how she writes about it really makes it applicable for any of us in any aspect of our lives. So let's meet Joanna to converse about her latest book, 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. Joanna Charnas, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted. I am just so grateful to have this opportunity to have you join us, Joanna, because if there's one thing we want to do is to think about uplifting things and see how we might be able to have that kind of impact and effect in our life. And I feel that with with your life, with your writing, with what you're doing, you are just the ideal person this morning to inspire us and give us some focus and direction with that. I certainly will try. I hope so. Well, so to begin with, you are a woman who's dealt with uh, many too many years of a chronic illness, and yet it's been then perhaps uh, the gift in it, the inspiration to write these books and really be a way to, uh, an avenue to help the rest of us, help each of us to do something great with our lives. Yes, and to make every day meaningful in whatever in whatever way is possible, uh, but not to let illness or disability um, ruin our lives. It doesn't have to. We can still have rich, rewarding, fulfilling lives. It's hard, but we can do it. So I became aware of you not too long ago, really, and that was because of your latest book that's called 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. Well, the thing with this, which is great, it's all these anecdotes, 100 anecdotes, and I can just see using this on a daily basis as though it were, uh, you know, just pick this up and whatever that story is, that anecdote for today is going to be my guide and, and is going to help me to make some really good positive choices. That would be wonderful. And and the first book is Living Well with Chronic Illness is uh, how to manage chronic illness uh, in 20 short chapters with using a kind of classic um, structure of uh, body, mind, spirit, financial, um, social, uh, everything you can think of, but it's short and to the point. And um, the second book is, as you said, more anecdotes so that people can glean whatever they want from each little anecdote and what I learned from each small experience. And maybe they can um, appreciate that, and it will be helpful to them as well. And some of my readers have said it has been, that that's exactly what they've gotten out of the book. And I'm so pleased. That was the idea. And so the message is, even though the focus may have begun with dealing with chronic illness, this is just applicable across the board, even if we think there are no, we don't deal with a chronic illness or we don't have a particular issue that we've identified there's some way that this is going to really have a positive Im- impact on our day. I hope so, and, and I think so. Um, you know, as I've said to several people, the 21st century is stressful for most of us, and it's very demanding, um, and it's multifactorial. Work is stressful. 
even a great home life is demanding and stressful. Family life is demanding. And all of those things are very rewarding, but they require a great deal of us, more than they did 100 years ago and differently. And stress is stress is stress. And it doesn't matter what that's, what is causing that stress, but almost everybody I know has pretty clearly defined stress in their lives. And I think the book can be applied to anything, um, whatever it is that's demanding and causing people anxiety, worry, fatigue. Uh, and every woman I know has that, and most men too. We're all living hard-charging lives, most of us. Yes, indeed. And they're so packed full, uh, overflowingly full, it seems. And here you help us to just take a moment, take a breath, read an anecdote, and it gives us a, a chance to maybe kind of regroup and, and get a better footing on how we go, take the next step. Exactly. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes is the second one, and it's called Osei as in, oh, say, can you see? Uh, because uh, on Wednesdays, I go to work at 8 o'clock, and I work on a naval base, uh, a naval facility, a hospital. And uh, very often I come as the national anthem is being played, and you have to stop. That's the requirement. Uh, and stand at attention no matter where you are, which means I'm always five minutes late when that happens. So the first thought that goes through my head is, oh, darn, I'm going to be five minutes late again. And then I always just relax into our national anthem and listen to it and remember why I'm there. And it becomes, when it happens, a moment of quiet reflection and mindfulness. Uh, and you can apply that to anything. You know, the thing that is bad is sometimes turns out to be just fine. But we all need to just take to stop and take a moment, and it's very hard to do. The national anthem forces me to do that on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. <laughs> So but we could all use it. Exactly. And we can find those sorts of uh, ways of uh, finding inspiration or direction or support and encouragement in so many things around us. And we, of course, too, I feel, have the resource in 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness to here have those anecdotes to guide us along and, you know, keep the copy with us at home, uh, in our car, at the office, and we'll just have it there as that tool, that guide to help us at a moment that we need it. Yes, and some of them are humorous. Some of the anecdotes are humorous, and hopefully people will get a chuckle. Some of them are about love. There's two anecdotes, love part one and part two. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's lots of different things. It's 10 different chapters on different subjects, uh, on mindfulness, on how to cultivate a po positive attitude, facing set, setbacks, learning to laugh at myself, which I have to do all the time, otherwise I would be crying, how to overcome little challenges, savoring the little things in life, because sometimes that's all there is on any given day as you I'm sure understand, um, dealing with friends, family, and others. And some of that's tough and some of it's good. Um, they love and support us, and sometimes they challenge us. Developing little tricks and tools. And the last chapter is just miscellaneous things that pass through my head. Some coming back from my childhood. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes is about how my mother made me take typing class three times, and she sent me to secretarial school when those things still existed in 1973 when I was 13. And I must have needed to go three times because I still can't touch type letter numbers. I can do letters. And sometimes you just have to keep at it. And when I forget about that, I just remember all those typing classes, not to mention the fact that it was a little awkward being 13 years old with people who are 18 to mid-20s. Uh, <laughs> was the only um, 
a middle schooler or a junior high schooler in my in my typing class at secretarial school. But sometimes, you know, you just have to laugh at it and think, okay, wow, you just have to keep trying um, and laugh at, at the effort, uh, even if it's something silly like that. Right. And and something like that, and we look at it in our own lives, we see that, oh, that might have been tedious, or what was the reason for it? But just uh, like in your case, you're saying, need, just seeing how you can redo or need to redo things, and it's not a bad thing, it's just, you know, it's a practice kind of thing. Maybe we need to redo certain lessons a number of times to really get it. And when we live with chronic illness or any other kind of constant demand that's a little bit out of our control, we have to keep trying. And that's very hard. People get discouraged. Some people are like me and they haven't been diagnosed uh, accurately. People are still struggling to get diagnosed. One of my um, favorite bloggers is someone called Undiagnosed Warrior. Um, And she did get finally diagnosed, but it took a long time. And in my case, it took 17 years, very long years. Uh, And it's hard to keep trying. And even when you have a diagnosis, that doesn't mean you get better right away. Um, Some things you have to practice every day to stay healthy or to try to stay healthy. It's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to get back, uh, give up. Um, I have relapses and lots of illnesses. Um, You can get to a sort of a stable state and then have relapses. And those are scary and demanding. And it's very, very easy to get discouraged. And it takes kind of a constant mindfulness just to carry on. Uh, And, you know, I want to encourage other people not to give up and to remember that it's okay to be tired and it's okay to be discouraged. But just remember, you can get up the next day and you can do it again and, uh, and to try to cultivate as good an attitude as possible. There's something in the first book uh, where I talked about how I was having a terrible weekend. I was very sick and, uh, because sometimes I can power through the week and I would collapse on the weekend. And it was when I was cutting coupons and I thought, I'm going to the supermarket. That's the only place I'm going this weekend. So I'm going to have as much fun as possible at the supermarket. And I sort of just played with my coupons for the hour that I was out. And sometimes that's all we can do is say, okay, this is not what I want, but I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. Um, But again, it's an attitude and it requires attention and cultivation and a purposefulness. You have to say, this is bad, and this feels bad, and I'm distressed or I'm discouraged, but I'm going to try to get through this. I'm going to acknowledge my feelings, but then I'm going to try to see how I can have a better day. And uh, I work on a psych ward, a psychiatric ward, and sometimes I say to my patients, you know, one day at a time is a really, really great aphorism used by all the anonymous programs, but I find sometimes that's too much. And I say, you know, if you can't get through the full day, why don't you try to just get through to lunch? Could you look forward to lunch? And they'll say, no, I can't do that. I said, well, how about just trying to get to the next hour and trying to make the next hour bearable? And they'll look at me and go, okay, I can do that. I can manage that. And sometimes we have to break it down into those tiny increments. I can get through the next hour. And here's what I'm going to do. Um, I have a day of things I can't manage, but I'm going to, between now and then, I'm going to watch 20 minutes of something silly on TV and then I'm going to take a 20-minute shower, and then I'm going to worry about the next hour in the next hour. But that's what I'm going to do. Or I'm just going to sit on the couch or lie in bed and listen to some next mu- some nice music and hope I feel better in an hour, and then I'll plan the next hour after that. Sometimes people who are ill, whether it's mental illness or physical illness, just need to break it down and um, 
make a plan to get through whatever it is that they can stand, whatever small increment or large increment they can stand. And I think there are probably millions of working mothers who feel exactly the same way. They've got a full-time job, and they've got things to do for their family, and they think, well, I'm just going to try to get through the workday, and then I'm going to see how it goes after work when I pick up the kids, and then, you know, what can I manage for dinner um, that isn't going to make me crazy and ex even more exhausted than I already am so I can have some pleasant time with my family? Exactly. I think we all live like that. Being, being ill just makes that uh, challenge more striking and more defined. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Uh, indeed. And that's what I appreciate ab about your book, both the books, although I'm really now more familiar with the 100 Tips and Tools. The thing is that we all have something that we're going through. And, Absolutely. Right? And in yes. th this case, it's you know, the kind of the, the framework is chronic illness, but again, it can be just really applied to any situation and really bring us some some peace of mind and, and just clarity for the next step so we don't feel so overwhelmed. Yes, modern life is overwhelming. And I agree with you. Everybody is going through something. Uh, every once in a while, I find in my own life, everything is fine. My health is fine. My family is fine. My work is fine, et cetera, ad nauseum. But usually, some things are fine and some things are a little less than fine. And we're all working on those things uh, if we want to have a good life. But it does take a lot of purposeful effort. Uh, and, uh, and that's fine. That's how we have a good life. That's how we savor everything in our lives, and you, I think. And you mentioned attitude just a bit ago, Joanna. And it, it streams through the experiences in 100 Tips and Tools about how things will happen and you realize you have a choice of changing your attitude on how you're viewing that or thinking about a certain thing. And that is so powerful and important. Yes, and I can be as negative as the next person, but what I try to do is not let it last for too long. If I really need to do that, sometimes I vent. I'm a champion venter. Uh, but when it's over, I try to move on. And if I catch myself being negative at a, in a specific moment, I try to just take a step back. And one of the anecdotes in the book is that I went to an incredibly early bargain matinee of Hidden Figures, which came out at the end of 2016. And someone brought a baby to the movie, and I thought, no. <laughs> and I just had thought all kinds of unkind things in my, in my head. And then I just thought, wait a minute. I'm here at 10.30 in the morning, and whoever has that baby is here at 10.30 in the morning for a very specific reason, probably just as important as my reason. And maybe the baby's going to be noisy, and maybe the baby isn't. So why don't you wait and see before you get all ticked off and uh, just see what happens. And be kind in your heart to the person who needed to come to a movie at 1030 in the middle of the week. It was the first day of a vacation for me. Uh, and I thought, why don't you just not think those, ma those bad thoughts? Why don't you just see what happens? And as it turned out, um, the baby gurgled a few times and was fine. I saw the baby going out, and it was adorable. And we all had a fine time. But I could have just sort of sat there and seized, which is not my most attractive quality. <laughs> but I caught myself in that. And that happens over and over again with me, where I can catch myself in negativity, think about it and say, do you really want to think this in your heart? Do you really want to feel this? And it, no, I don't. And so I try to just regroup and think of and be kinder in my head and my heart and calm down if I'm upset. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard. It takes a lot of effort. And I fail often, but I'm trying. 
And I think that's the point. Yes. Is to keep trying and to not give up on ourselves and to, when we find ourselves challenged, to be kind to ourselves and to reach for our better selves and to not judge ourselves. And I think part of what happens to people living with chronic illness is we forget that we need to be kind to ourselves and uh, because we're trying so hard to have a normal life. The people I know who, who are healthiest when they live with chronic illness are the ones often you cannot tell are chronically ill because they're trying so hard to have a healthy life. And unless they, if they have a hidden disability, we can do that. I have hidden disabilities. No one, no one thinks um, that I'm ill. I look like a robust farm wife from the 19th century. <laughs> Uh, like I should be plowing the, you know, plowing the soil in Russia where my, my family comes from. But in fact, I'm very frail, and uh, I don't talk about it all the time, so people don't know. And so very often those people think that they have to present that 100% of the time. And I always say, you know, it's, it's okay to let yourself off the hook a little bit. You know, it's okay to eat frozen food. It's okay to take the Uber instead of walking if, if you can't do it, you know, et cetera, ad nauseum. It's okay to cut some corners. Uh, you don't have to wrap the gift. You can stick it in a pretty bag. You know, everybody's just as happy. Um, that sort of thing. And so I always encourage people to do that and to be kind to themselves and to remember that life is a process and living with illness is a process and managing any kind of stress is a process. My personal joke is that people in my family live to be 100. And I'm going to need each of those years to evolve into the kind of person I want to be and to learn how to handle everything. But we all do. We all need that time. And we just have to remember that it's a process and we're all on our own path. And if you're sick or you have any other special need or special stress in your life, a special needs child, anything, an elderly parent, a demanding job, too many good things in your life that are stressing you out because sometimes it's bad, to be kind to yourself and let yourself off the hook and – Sometimes that is what makes us supermen and superwomen. It's not, it's not the cape and the swooping in. It's that we just persevere and we work it out and we figure it out. You know, the exercise of the repeated uh, typing classes, right? Persevering. Yeah. And again, I didn't really have any choice because it was my mother making me do it. But she was so smart to do that to say, just keep going until you get it. And I, again, I never really got it. I still can't type numbers after three classes. One in professional secretarial school, but it was good enough. It was good enough. And the other thing, and one other one of those stories that I really liked that's in Chapter 10, is how I managed to be chronically ill and get halfway to a second black belt in Taekwondo. And uh, I started taking Taekwondo because someone had said that it might be good for my health, and at that point I would have done anything because I was very sick at the time. And uh, the only thing I knew about martial arts was that the most important thing was to have a good teacher and someone in my office had spoken glowingly about the, the martial arts teacher that her son and husband were taking. So I found, got the name, and I called him up, and I said, look, I'm so clumsy and ungainly that I always start behind, and I never catch up. And he said, don't worry about it. And he gave me private lessons for a month, for every Saturday and Sunday, which took some effort on my part. Um, so he, he met me halfway, and I did what he told me to do. And I didn't get better, and I missed weeks of class at a time, but I kind of just got into it. And I thought, whoa, here are things that I never thought I could do. I still can't believe I did some of those things. And uh, I just showed up, and I think that's also important, and that's an important lesson. Sometimes you don't have to be good at it. I was never good at it, just good enough to pass the test. You don't have to look perfect. I was 20 pounds overweight. Most of the time I was taking Taekwondo. 
Um, but I could break things with my hands, and I'm still legally lethal. <laughs> um, and, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. You know, I passed all the tests. Uh, and it didn't matter if I was the worst black belt in Massachusetts. I still did it. And so sometimes we have these really um, high standards for ourselves, and all we really need to do is show up, make a commitment, do our best, and our life proceeds. It may not, you know, I didn't look as good as the good ones. You know, some of those, some of my classmates would jump up into the air like Bruce Lee, and they look like Barishnikov in his prime, and I'm just plodding along, you know. But it's like I showed up, I won the test, I got the certificate framed on my wall, it's all good. You know, and I think that's the other thing. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to do it perfectly. You just have to show up, and um, your life will proceed. Yeah, and it's, yes. it's amazing. And um, it's well, the thing is, and I think of it again, going back to the typing, but thinking in te- uh, terms of the Taekwondo, it's not as though that is your ultimate career. So you didn't have to be like perfect at it, but you have a, a lot of the qualities that are beneficial in your life. Yes. And I think when people have health challenges or other challenges, sometimes just staying the course and persevering is the bravest thing we can do because when you're sick or you're stressed, and you have terrible life challenges, it's very easy to give up. And some people do give up because that's, they, that's all they can do. Uh, but just saying, I'm not giving up, I'm not moving forward, but I'm not giving up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little rest. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. Uh, one of the anecdotes in the book is I got upset about something, and I got sort of not exactly depressed, but really, really blue. And I went to work and I took care of myself, but I basically spent three, three months of evenings on the couch watching, at that time, all 12 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of come home and I'd watch Grey's Anatomy. And I thought, well, there were things, you know, I could be gaining 50 pounds or whatever, overspending, overeating, overgambling, you know, having irresponsible sex. There's all kinds of really bad things I could do to be dealing with this distress, but I'm just going to sit on my couch with my animals and I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy. And eventually the issue resolved and I felt better and I got off my couch and I became more productive. And, but I didn't give up. I just rested for three months. Right. I gave myself a break in a way that was not expensive, not harmful, not destructive, etc. And sometimes we need to do that. We have to say, I've done the best I can. I, gotta, I just can't do any more. I need to just take a break now. And sometimes it's an afternoon, and sometimes it's a week, and sometimes it's three months going to work and watching Grey's Anatomy every single night. All ten seasons of it. <laughs> well, that does seem like an inexpensive and not harmful way to have some therapy, and, uh, and you also were entertained in the process. Yes, and now I'm a devoted Grey's Anatomy fan, but I don't watch it more. You know, I don't watch it every evening. Right. Uh, but it, but sometimes we just need to take a break when things are overwhelming and when people um, are striving to get better. It's very hard to strive 100% of the time or you know every day of your life. And so I say to people, take a break. You know, it's it. You know, very little is known about my illness still, and so I practice all different kinds of wellness that you could Google. Uh, I sleep right. I eat right most of the time. I like sugar a little too much, but otherwise I eat very healthy. I exercise a little bit every day, most days. Not a lot because I'm not supposed to do that, but a little bit every day. Um, I'm thinking of taking water aerobics because it's um, less um, less impactful on my old joints. 
um, uh, et cetera, nauseum. You know, mm-hmm. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't drink soda. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a Girl Scout in a lot of ways. But sometimes I can't always strive to be better. You know, sometimes I can just maintain what I'm doing. And sometimes I backstep. And there's, a, there's another anecdote there where I bought a half gallon of ice cream and thought I would have, you know, I'd eat it over the course of the week. And I ate it in an entire night. I could not believe it. It was so good. And I just thought, oh, let's have a little more. Just have a little more. Um, and I went to the office, and my office mate said, oh, I did that too. So I thought, okay, I'm never going to do that again. I bought another half gallon of ice cream, and I did it again. <laughs> and I thought, okay, more of me to love, not the end of the world. So, you know, we all backslide. But I still think it's hysterically funny. I can't believe I did it at all, and I did it twice. But it's not the end of the world, you know? I thought I could handle it. I couldn't. I'll never do it again. I cannot buy half gallons of ice cream unless there's a whole bunch of people coming to my house who are going to eat it all up. But that's okay. Right. You know, it really is. Uh, my, my efforts at wellness are pretty good most of the time, and occasionally they're just dreadful, you know. But that's life. Um, and I'm always looking for new ways to be healthier, but sometimes that's just exhausting in and of itself. It's, it's enough to try to keep myself going um, with what I've already got on my plate. But I try new things. Like I said, this, this summer I'm going to take a water aerobics class. It's a new thing. Um, I'm thinking of uh, doing yoga with, um, you know, for YouTube, uh, from YouTube. That's a new thing. But I can't do new things all the time because it's hard enough just to maintain. And I think that's true for a lot of, uh, a lot of people, particularly women, uh, who are, you know, working and taking care of kids. And even just sometimes taking care of kids, if you're not working, is very, very demanding. It's very different than when I grew up. Being a full-time mom is exhausting these days. Uh, even if you love your kids to death and cherish every moment, you're still incredibly tired all the time. Uh, so I did want to give a shout out to, to full-time moms because I don't want them to think that only working mothers are hard. All mothers are hard. All women are tired that I know. I don't know any woman who isn't tired a lot. Yes. Uh, because we're, so, um, but we have to just keep trying, but we don't have to try new things and we don't have to try every day. We can we can relax a little bit once in a while. Yes. Try to be, here's a new try, is be gentle with yourself and really commend yourself for the progress you've made. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Joanna, we should mention your website because it certainly is a wealth of information as well as displaying the books and uh, we can get them through the website because it takes us over to Amazon, right? That's right. You click on the tile of the book, and away you go, right to Amazon. So the website is really easy. It's Joanna. It's all one one word, J-O-A-N-N-A, Charnas. Now, that's a tricky one. No one gets it right. It's C-H-A-R, like Charlie or Charcoal, N as in Nancy, A-S, like NASA. I just went to a family wedding, and we all talked about how much our name, our last name gets garbled over the phone and basically in every given opportunity. So it's joannacharnas.com and you can, the tiles are, the books are there and you can go right to Amazon and also uh, my blog is there. I think it's under miscellaneous or other way to the right. And uh, I blogged on the Huffington Post for two and a half years um, until it went down. They took it down and there's a lot of stuff there that's about health as well as everyday life. So there's a lot of stuff on there that I think people can enjoy. And get something out of, I hope. A little bit of something. I think there's a lot of bits of something for all of us. Uh, Chronic illness or basically, you know, in in good health. But just life's challenges were all affected 
by life because we're living it. So, you know, you're here to help us, I believe, Joanna. I am here to help. And it gives me great joy when I get reader feedback and they say, a reader will say, this is what helped. And it's deeply moving for me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to live the best life possible, and the books are an effort to share that. But when my experiences benefit other people and my writing benefits other people, it's deeply moving to me. Uh, I'm so grateful. I, I feel like I've been given this wonderful, wonderful gift uh, to be able to do that for people through my writing, even one person at a time. Each person is important to me. Each reader is important to me. I cherish them. And I believe what's also important before you and I started the actual conversation that we've recorded here is that if one person just gets one thing out of what we've discussed or what they read in your book on a given day is really thanks, great thanks, right? I say in the introduction that my wonderful grandmother used to say if she got a cookbook and got one new good recipe out of it, She considered that success, and there's that positive attitude that she taught me, and that's what I feel about these books. If people read read the books, they're easy to read. They're not dumbed down at all, but they're very easy to read because they're geared for tired, sick people, and they get one thing, and it makes their lives a little bit easier or a little bit better or a little calmer. I'm eternally grateful. That's a dream come true for me. So perfect. And there's just so much to be gained. So I don't believe that it'll be difficult at all. In fact, I believe it'll be easy to find a good thing each day that we pick up the book and just read an anecdote or read part of it, because uh, you've shared so many great stories with us, Joanna. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on your show. And I'm so glad you enjoyed the book. That's wonderful. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking, oh, it's important to talk about chronic illness, but that's not what it was. It's life is what I, I get from it. So again, I just appreciate you so greatly and for your ability to really communicate this well with us. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been completely delightful. I agree. Thank you. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Joanna Charnas and Sunday Morning Magazine with Frank Shaw. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast. It's on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of celebrating life by finding at least one special thing about the day. Do that each day this week. And then, please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.